Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Hi, I'm Scott Hahn, and I'd like to invite you personally to join me and Breadbox Media on August 24th in New Oxford, Pennsylvania. For a day of spiritual renewal, I'll be presenting three talks, one on St. Joseph, one on the Sacrament of Matrimony, and another one on the Holy Eucharist. Learn more and register at breadboxmedia.com forward slash PA conference. I hope to see you there. Celebrate our God-given freedom and faith while honoring our Blessed Mother with Girelli's USA Rosary. Each state is represented on this rosary's 50 beads. Red, white, and blue enamel adorn its patriotic crucifix. Get yours today. Shop www.ghirelli.com. O Lord, my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from Thy eyes. When I sit down and when I rise. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Mighty One. I trust in you, Jesus, I trust. Jesus, I trust. <laughs> Pray the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Let us pray. O God, it did instruct the hearts of your faithful by light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that the same spirit may be truly wise, and rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Lady Guadalupe, St. Joseph, Father and Terry, St. Ignatius, all God's angels and saints, in the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. We want to become proficient or professional or expert in anything, then we've got to pay the cost. We've got to pay the cost. That means we have to, we have to work at it. So if you want to become proficient in uh, music, you got to spend time practicing. If you want to become a good athlete, you got to work at it. You want to perfect yourself in a language, it takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, if uh, you want to be one day a professional, be it a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, you're going to have to spend a lot of time and energy and a lot of money too, unless you have a full scholarship to, to arrive at being a professional in this country. Uh, that I think we have to apply uh, to our spiritual life. If you take your spiritual life seriously, then you, you, got, you got to work at it. No, uh, no freebies. You really have to work at it if you really take seriously your spiritual life. Uh, it's always good to call to mind this basic theological, philosophical principle as to why you're here in this world. You're here for one purpose. Your purpose is to get to heaven. Uh, that's the only thing that really matters is for us to get to heaven. So taking seriously uh, this uh, golden opportunity what you have for one more week, because next week we finish, taking this seriously can give you a strong, solid foundation on which to build a spiritual edifice so that you can, you can make it to heaven. So take, take this week, today and the next week, very seriously because next week we're going to kill two birds with one stone. We're going to have our last class and at the, at the end of the class in the Mass, you're going to be making your formal consecration to Jesus through Mary. So see this uh, mini summer retreat this week is going to be the most important week. Okay. 
we're building up to the climax, so to speak. This is going to be the most important week. Now, if it is such, up to this point, you've been dragging your feet, meaning that you haven't really been generous in trying to spend time with Jesus and Mary. Maybe you've been flippant, you've been lazy, you've been lackadaisical, you've been nonchalant in uh, these exercises. Okay, well, you got one, <laughs> got one more chance, okay? You got one more chance, you got one more opportunity. That's going to be this week. So uh, pour it on now. Uh, pour it on now. You're running across a uh, cross-country race. You can be behind 99% of the race, and then you pour it on, and you break, and you break the the finish line, and you win by half a second. You still win, even though 99% you're behind the other runners. So, pour it on now. Pour it on now. So find uh, find a time a place and follow instructions. The way that I wrote out this program for you is such, if you do it well, it works. Okay, the way I wrote it out, uh, if you at least have a modicum of intelligence, which means a minimum of intelligence, it's kind of a no-brainer. Okay? It's not hard. So, uh, try to be generous with God now. Now I'm going to talk about an Ignatian principle, then I'd like to go through your material. In our life, your life and my life and the life of your parents, we all go through days in which we experience peace and joy and consolation and happiness, certain spiritual euphoria, you might say. But then there are those days which are kind of dark, where you don't experience the sun shining, the birds singing, the uh, aroma of the spring flowers. You don't experience that. Rather, you experience what is called uh, a spirit of desolation. Now, when you're in the spirit of desolation, that's when uh, the devil tempts us. And he tempts us in many ways. Uh, if you remember uh, Superman, Superman was strong, but when he was exposed to kryptonite, Superman was pretty weak. His kryptonite was his exposure to what debilitated his strength. When you're in desolation, the devil, the devil tempts us. And he tempts us in many ways. Now mention a few. Then I'll connect that to uh, what we're going to be meditating upon this week. When you feel depressed... The devil will tempt you to do things that when you're in consolation, you would not do. So in general, the devil will tempt people old as well as young in desolation to have recourse to a false god. Okay, one could be having recourse to the use of drugs. which is so common today. Another one have recourse to pornography, which is, they call it, the modern drug of the modern world. Another one would be that of, uh, of drinking. Another one would be that of giving in to despair, in which by a very high epidemic of young people that, that have recourse to trying to take their lives. It's called suicide. They feel as if they're in a dark tunnel. Okay? Uh, a very dark tunnel where there's no light at the end of the tunnel 
and what's the purpose of living? I'm suffering so much. I'll cut my wrist and just I'll, I'll say, let's, let's, let's end it. No? This is one more state of desolation. Uh, and also, uh, another would be to have recourse to materialism in which you want to be buying things. Buying things. It might be new clothes, or it might be a telephone, or it might be a new bike, it might be whatever. In other words, you're filling your life with these false gods. And that's the nature of idolatry, is you fill yourself with these false gods. So that being said, when we're going through these tough times, that's when we should be running to the Blessed Mother and ask Mary to help us out in these tough times. We want to be running to Mary and asking Mary to help us out. Instead of having recourse to these false gods, that I mentioned five of them, okay, drugs, pornography, drinking, despair, as well as materialism, we want to have recourse to God. Because only God can give us true happiness. So look at our menu today. Let's start with this first meditation you're going to be doing this week. And it is Mary and the Wedding Feast of Cana. Marrying the Wedding Feast of Cana. Okay, try to, ima try to imagine you're present there. This Wedding Feast of Cana. Who's present there? There's the couple, their friends, their relatives. And who else was invited was Mary and Jesus and the Apostles. But what happens is they miscalculated on one very important detail. Is the wedding celebrates the time of Jesus, they would have they wouldn't be going to a wedding banquet house. They would just be having their celebration in their home. They didn't have wedding banquet uh, structures back then. And the doors would be open. And the relatives, friends, would be able to enter in. They would greet the couple that was just married. And then there would be something to eat and there would be something to drink. And what they would have to offer with respect to drinking would be wine. So apparently they miscalculated. They didn't have enough wine. So Mary is sitting there with Jesus at the table and she notices that they're talking in the background. The waiters are talking in the background. She can't hear, but she knows what's going on. And what has gone on is that they, they ran out of wine. So Mary, sitting there with Jesus, says to Jesus, there is no more wine. Jesus says, what is that to me? Because my hour has not yet arrived. And then Mary says, she says this, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tell you, tells you. That's the last time that Mary talks in the Bible. So Jesus tells them to bring these stone jars, these really big stone jars, and to fill the stone, the stone jars to the brim. And then Jesus, what happens is, he turns the water into wine. An extraordinary miracle. And then they're serving the people, and they make this comment. Usually they serve the best wine First, and after people have drunk, and they probably don't—they're not going to know the difference. Okay, they serve the lower quality wine later. So Jesus 
Jesus did his first public miracle. But it was through the intercession of Mary. Okay, how are we going to apply this to our lives? Water and wine. Jesus and Mary have great love for you. Okay? I repeat, Jesus and Mary have great love for you. But there's a special love that's manifested, especially when you're going through tough times. When you're going through those dark nights. When you find yourself in a tunnel. When you find yourself in an endless pit. When you find yourself on which the, the storm clouds are descending upon you. She has special love for you when the times are most difficult. So related to this, uh, let's talk about our own water. Let's, 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 let's talk about what are, what are problems, what are problems that we all suffer? And I hope that this week you're going to learn to bring your water, you're going to bring water to Mary. And Mary's going to turn to Jesus, your water's going to be turned into wine. Okay, you're going to bring your water to Mary. And what's going to happen is, Mary's going to turn to Jesus and say, there's no more wine. Through Mary's intercession, your water is going to be turned into wine. Okay, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about um, some of the water situations that we might be experiencing. So we're talking about what are some of the problems, what are the problems, the sufferings that you're going through? So instead of having recourse to the false gods, I mentioned them, drugs and pornography and drinking and materialism and despair, instead of turning to that, which most people turn to those, most, those idols, we want to learn to go and to talk to Mary about our lives. Talk to Mary about our problems. Number one. There's no such thing. Okay, there, there are three perfect families, but it's not yours, nor mine. Okay? There are three perfect families. And they are in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's a perfect family. That's a trinity. <laughs> Can't go beyond that, huh? Then there's another perfect family that is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, who you met last week. That's a, that's a perfect family. It's called the Holy Family. And there's one other perfect family that we're heading towards, and I hope we make it, that is the perfect family of heaven. Heaven is a family. Those are the three perfect families that exist. But I don't come from a perfect family, and you don't either. So, in your family, in your family, there's definitely going to be some type of problem. And to deny it and just sweep it underneath the rug, uh, you're like an ostrich, okay? You know, an ostrich, is, it's a big bird, and it's a big bird that hides its head in the sand. You, you, we have a lot of human ostriches out there today. You can't be living in denial. <laughs> okay, recognize, recognize all of you right now, as I'm talking, you're calling to mind there's some problem in your family. And it, it might be something pretty serious, no? If it's not serious, it's going to be at least some minor problems. you don't confront that, that's going to turn into depression and sadness. I repeat, if you don't confront it, that's going to turn into, into sadness and depression. 
and you're going to be living a life of sadness. You're going to be depressed and eventually they're going to take you to a psychologist and you have to start to take depression pills. No? Which uh, about one out of four Americans take depression pills. No? And one of the reasons why is what we're talking about right now. Okay, say for example your, your father and your mother, they're not getting along well. Which is pretty common. You'd love it to have your parents getting along perfectly, but it doesn't always happen that way. What do you do? Okay, you can do one of, you can do one of three things. You can get angry at your parents. Get angry at your parents and, have the, and keep that anger within you. You can become sad or depressed. Or maybe a mixture of both. Sad or depressed. Or you can go in front of Mary, the Blessed Mother, and talk to Mary about the problems that your parents are experiencing now. You gotta do that. You gotta do that. You know you, you know what might happen? You're in front of the image of Our Lady Guadalupe and you see them really struggling and tears well up in your eyes and the tears start to trickle down your cheeks. And you give these tears to Our Lady Guadalupe. And next week, you, next week, you're coming home from school and your mom and dad are sitting at the table and they're laughing together. You haven't heard that in five years. It's because you offered your tears to Mary. Yeah. First time in five years. In the depths of your soul, when you're praying at night, Our Lady said, they're laughing and joking around because of your tears and your prayers that you offered to me. It was you and, your, and that prayer experience that changed the, the hearts of your parents. You've got to believe. Prayer can move mountains. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. The normal, natural way of the teenagers is they become bitter, angry, and depressed. That's what 99% of them do. <laughs> but we want, to, we want to be that 1%. We want to go beyond the mere natural. We want to arrive at the supernatural. Or it might be this way, that you're bringing this water to Our Lady, and, and, and maybe it doesn't happen just like this. Maybe it doesn't happen just like this. Maybe the Blessed Mother wants you to practice patience. Sometimes we want things pretty quickly. It's called the, the microwave spirituality, no? You know what the microwave spirituality is? You go to your kitchen, you got a microwave in, you put your oatmeal there and you put it on 90 seconds and it's already bubbling, huh? I think there are a lot of us that have the microwave spirituality. We want it done just like that. That doesn't always work in that way. That doesn't always work that way. Doesn't always work that way. The most famous conversion outside the Bible after St. Paul is the conversion of St. Augustine. You ever hear of St. Augustine, any of you? 
Do you know how long it took for St. Augustine to be converted? 31 years of tears and suffering of a woman. Her name is St. Monica. Took more than 30 years. And he wanted to be, went on to become one of the greatest saints in the Catholic Church. His name is St. Augustine. Okay, let's take another pro let's take another water, another problem. Your social relations. Maybe your your your, your relationship with a friend or a cousin or someone. Maybe it's not going that well. And you go to Mary, Mary, look, you know, I've I've had a friendship with, uh, with Lupe. She's been my best friend since I've been in kindergarten. Okay? Ten years. We've always been really good friends. No? We've gone to Disney together. We made our first communion together. We go to school together. We're just, we, we've always been good friends. But now, over the past six months, there's a lot of tension. And you're praying to Our Lady about this friendship. You're offering her your tears. But after you finish the consecration, what happens is, your friend Lupe says, I don't want to talk to you anymore, it's over. And you go to Mary and you start to question, why is this happening? We've been friends for so many years. But then three weeks later, you find out that she's heavily involved in drugs. She's been stealing from stores and she ends up being thrown in jail. What would have happened? What would have happened if you followed in the footsteps of Lupe? The very good chance that within a year you'd be in jail. You're thinking in prayer that as a result of your prayer, the water was going to be turned into wine and everything was going to be hunky-dory, a piece of cake, a spring breeze with your friend Lupe. But what happened was the Blessed Mother intervened and purposely separated her from you so that you would not fall into the same vice and moral disgrace that Lupe was leading you to. And that was the Blessed Mother. That was Mary's intervention. This is turning water into wine. Turning water into wine. Okay, let's take the let let's take the third the third case. In your class, a couple of your friends, a couple of your friends, they already have novios. What that is? Noviositos. Están locamente enamorado, Romeo Julieta. Okay. Locamente enamorados. Estrellitas en los ojos brillando cada vez que vean el rostro guapo, hermoso del noviocito. I'm pretty poetic, aren't I, in Spanish, huh? <laughs> and two of these. Girlfriend saying, they say, what are you, when the solterona amargada? An old maid, huh? 
you're kind of feeling pressure. You know, what, what, why are these, why do they have an overseat and I don't have one? And over the past six months, you've been, you, you've been depressed. Imagine I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be 89 years old. I won't even have my first novio. <laughs> the only one that really likes me is my dog, but sometimes he even barks at me. <laughs> and I can't forget he scratches me. Okay. So you bring, you 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 bring this pro you bring this problem to Mary. When you say, look, you know, my two friends, they've got, they've got their enamorado, they've got their friendship. Yeah. Here I am. Even my dog doesn't like me at times. Huh? And as you're praying, as you're praying, you start out by praying with loneliness. You feel lonely. Certain loneliness. They seem to be having a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm lonely, and I'm sad. But as you finish your prayer, you recognize you're not alone. You're not alone because Mary is with you in your sorrow. She's present to you. In the depths of the heart, she says, look, you don't have this no view, but you got three very good friends. They are Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You've got my son Jesus, you've got Joseph, my husband, and as I said to Juan Diego, no soy yo tu madre, te tengo una cruzada en mis brazos, estás siempre en mi sombra, estás en el hueco de mi regazo si hablas español. The words that she said to Juan Diego. Most of you speak Spanish, huh? And after you hear those words, you get up and you feel so much peace because you know that Mary's present to you. Jesus is present to you. St. Joseph never says one word in the Bible, he's present to you. Three months later, you find out that your one of your companions in school, one of them had the boyfriend, you find out from another one of your friends that this girl that had her boyfriend had her first abortion. She had her first abortion. And then you see her, every time you see her at school, she's so sad and depressed. And you notice also that there's marks on her wrist because she's starting to cut herself. Starting to cut herself. She can't live with that guilty conscience. And then when you go to pray to Mary, a lady says this. She embraces you and she says, that girl could have been you if you were to have had that boyfriend. Oh no, Mary, no, I go to St. Peter's Chanel. I go with the priest there. I do my consecration to Mary. I'm una santita, I'm holy. The best of us could plunge into the depths of evil easily. The best of us. Remember the sin of King David. You ever hear of King David? King David committed adultery, right? Then he committed murder. He was a holy man, King David, right? One of the holiest men in the Bible. Gave into a moment of weakness, saw a woman bathing, Bathsheba, on, on the deck, commits adultery, ends up by, by killing her husband, putting him on the front line of battle, and pulling back the troops. 
happen to David, could happen to all of us, right? But if you, you know, if you really, if you take seriously what I'm trying to teach you, these, I'm trying to connect marrying, conduct, marrying conservation to your life. You think it's just pie-in-the-sky theology. No, I, my style as preacher and teacher is connect God to your life. It's not separated, but it's, it's connected. Prayer is not supposed to be a separate compartment, but prayer is supposed to imbue, permeate, penetrate our whole lives. As the poet says, in him we live and move and have our being. I love it. In him we live. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Let's take another circumstance of our water. Maybe someone very close to you gets sick. And you bring this prayer to Mary. You get sick. And this is a person that's been very, very dear to your heart. Say, Mary, please. You're known as the health of the sick. Never was it known that anyone who fled your protection was left unaided. We say in the prayer of St. Bernard in the Memorare. After the consecration, you pray a whole month for this person. You make four novenas, 36 days, huh? You say, you're really cooking. Four novenas. And at the end of the fourth novena, this friend that you had dies. Oh, dies. God, where are you? God, where are you? Death of a loved one. You know, about two and a half years ago, uh, about two and a half years ago, one of the persons that was closest to me, he, he, he died suddenly. It was my father. Yeah. It was tough. And I often question, why, why, did, why did he go so quickly? He had a little bit of Alzheimer's and Parkinson, 88 years old. He was pretty healthy. Why did it happen? So that's something that, that's something that, that's my water. I have to bring that to Mary. Why? If it weren't for him, I wouldn't be here. Why, why, why can't he live? My, my grandmother, my, my grandmother lived in three centuries. Huh? Yeah, three centuries. She was born uh, 1898. She died 202. So you know, why, why, why couldn't he you know, live at least into his 90s? Then in prayer, then in prayer, in prayer, this is what comes to me. Well. When he got really sick, he got really sick. He was he was with my mom. Do any of you have mothers that pray a lot? They don't pray as much as my mom, though. Huh? She's gonna win. Huh? <laughs> the fact that he got sick, you know. Sick next to someone that's just a prayer warrior for many years, and and when he got when he got sick, what happened? What happened? She, she called she called the priest. What did the priest do? The priest heard his confession, gave him the anointing of the sick, gave him holy communion. 
Then the following day, he got even worse. So, she, she called my brother in Florida, who's a doctor, hey, take him, take him to the emergency. But before taking the emergency, she went to a nearby church and got the host and gave him Holy Communion. He received the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Four hours after that, he was dead. He was dead. Say, for example, I don't bring that into prayer. Why? 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 God, where are you? Why did you allow that to happen? But if I bring that, I bring that to Mary, what is she going to say? Look. God gives life. God takes life away. Read the book of Job. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I returned to the earth. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And look, you know, your father passed away, but within 48 hours he received the anointing of the sick. He went to confession. He received communion. In his last meal, last meal, I've taught confirmation for many years. And often when I'm teaching, we're talking about this topic. I'll ask the boys, I teach the boys, what would you like your last meal to be? Tacos. Big Mac. Chuck E. Cheese. Black Angus. In one class, that's what they said, but there was one person in the class that said, i like my last meal to be Holy Communion. And that was me. That was me. You could care, le care less about the Big Mac or the pizza or the tacos or the milkshake. The fact that he was able to receive his last meal was Holy Communion given by the hands of his wife, who happens to be my mother. That gives me a lot of consolation. A lot of consolation. And even, you know, even those two years, sometimes I feel when I've got a problem, oh, I think I'll call my dad and see what he has to say. Oh, no, he's already dead. Well, that happens. Certain frequency, no? Yeah, a certain, certain practical problem. He worked on Wall Street, so very, very keen business, practical mind. I think I'll ask him what he has to say. Oh, well, I can maybe ask him, ask him up there, right? This is bringing... This is bringing your water to Mary. And what's going to happen is Mary, through a prayer, <coughs> is going to turn the water into wine. Another point I'd like to make by means of a literary example is this. All of you are called not only to bring your problems to Jesus through Mary. That's what we're talking about in the wedding feast of Cana. And we mentioned several. Family problem. Social problem. Health problem. And it might be this, health problem of a relative. It might be this, that you have some type of health problem, either you or a relative. Bring that to Mary. I should say right now, whoever could respond positively 
relatively to this question, I should give a hundred bucks. I don't think I have to give it away. Who's the author of the Hail Holy Queen? Not even the adults know it. Not even my facilitators. The Hail Holy Queen that you pray at the end of the rosary, you, you don't know the origin of that, do you? It was composed by Blessed Herman the Cripple. Blessed Herman the Cripple. He was a brother who was a cripple. And he, 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 he couldn't walk. He had all these health problems. And uh, when he was on the brink of despair, when things seemed to be impossible, Our Lady appeared to him and said, Turn to me. Turn to me now that you're, you've got so many problems. And turn to me and say this prayer. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. After the Hail Mary, that's the prayer I love most. I love the Hail, Holy Queen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So, what you want to give to Mary is your sufferings, but also you want to give to Mary all that you are. Let me give you a brief summary of a literary masterpiece that was written by a Frenchman a few years back. And his name is Anatole France. Do any of you read literature in school? No? None of you, okay? Maybe one day you'll read some good classical literature, okay? Anatole France, and the name of this book, in which they made a really good movie out of it. And it's called uh, The Juggler of Notre Dame. I don't know if any of the adults have ever read it or seen the movie, The Juggler of Notre Dame. It's this, it's this story of uh, this young man who was basically a flop and a failure almost all of his life. And what he did was he wanted to become a religious. He wanted into, into a convent of monks. And every time he tried to enter in, they would, they would reject him because he was so clumsy backward and really not that intelligent either. So after knocking on a lot of doors, finally they opened up the door to him. By the way, did you know that that happened to St. Faustina too? She tried to knock on a lot of doors in Poland and they shut, they shut the door in her face. St. Faustina. Finally they opened up the door of the Sisters of Divine Mercy and she became one of the greatest modern saints. So he enters into this convent of Franciscan friars and monks. And they let him in because they had, they felt sorry for him. So he's working in the kitchen and he breaks the, he breaks the, he breaks the, the plates. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a klutz. He's got three hands, okay? So they let him go out into the garden and he poisons the roses, no? They let him work in the attic and it turns out to be a disaster. In other words, everything he does basically is a total flop and failure. But he had one gift. What was the one gift he had? It happened that one night one of the priests in the community couldn't sleep, suffering from insomnia. Know what that is, huh? So he gets up and he goes in to the recreation room and he sees something that just 
captivates him. See, this brother, he couldn't do anything except cause trouble. He's got some balls and he's juggling. Any of you ever do any juggling? You probably juggle at least with one ball, right? <laughs> juggling. But what he notices is uh, he's got his back to the brother and he's juggling. All of a sudden, he notices in front of the juggler is the Blessed Mother. She's appeared. And he's juggling. And she's got a big, big smile on her face. Juggling. Then another brother comes. And he's juggling even more. Then another brother comes. Juggling even better. Another brother comes. He's juggling. Then a couple of priests come. And all of them, they're behind the juggler. He's totally unaware of the fact that everyone in the community is coming and they're watching him juggle. And the more that he juggles, the bigger the smile of the Blessed Mother. And he's juggling and she's smiling and another brother shows up and another priest shows up and within a half hour you got 30 of the priests and brothers that are witnessing this member in the community couldn't seem to do anything right was juggling and the Blessed Mother was smiling at him. Maybe you can identify yourself with the juggler of Notre Dame. Maybe you can identify yourself with the juggler of Notre Dame. So let's go back to the wedding feast of Cana. Let's go back there. Try to imagine it. It's a festive environment. People are talking, they're laughing, they're enjoying it. They're eating. They're drinking. The wine has run out. And there at the table are the two most majestic, holy, pure individuals in the world, Jesus and Mary. Mary turns to Jesus and says, there is no wine. Jesus says, what is that, what is that to you? My hour has not arrived. Do whatever he tells you. You see those stone jars filled to the brim and the water is turned into wine. They bring the wine. They start to drink it. This is the best wine we've ever had in our lives. The water was turned into wine by Jesus, but through the intercession of Mary. Yeah. It was done through the intercession of Mary. Right now, all of you in this class are present to Mary. Mary is in heaven, but also she's looking from heaven down upon you right now. Mary is just present in heaven as she was on earth. Mary is just as powerful in heaven as she was on earth. She's looking from heaven upon all of you. And she recognizes that all of you, right now, have within your hearts a rose. A rose is a beautiful flower. 
Here's a rose. It's a beautiful flower. My two favorite flowers are sunflower and roses. Those are my two favorites. I love the sunflower because it turns toward the sun. In Spanish is called girasol. Girarse hacia el sol, if you know Spanish well. And the rose is a beautiful sour because it symbolizes the Blessed Mother, too. Dante calls Mary la rosa mystica, the mystical rose. But planted in the rose, you've got a rose. Before being a rose, it was a thorn. Every thorn is a potential rose in potency. The fact that you're here to honor Mary, that's a rose, a beautiful rose that we're given to her. All of you are a bouquet of roses to give the Blessed Mother. Beautiful bouquet of roses. However, it must be said that before the rose was the thorn. All of us have a thorn that's embedded within our hearts. Thorn can be very small, can be medium size, can be big, and it can be pretty sharp. <coughs> now is the time as a result of this consecration program, you don't want to be afraid to open up your heart and tell Mary about the thorns that are present in your lives. And if you're able to do that, Mary can turn that thorn into a beautiful rose. That's also called the Paschal Mystery. The Paschal Mystery is this. Good Friday, which leads to the glory of Easter Sunday. Called the Paschal Mystery. The Passion death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So uh, this is, I'm sure, a very original talk. You've never heard a talk on, on Mary presented in this way. But I think that if, unless we come to terms with this topic, our consecration is going to be saccharine sweet. It's going to be artificial. It's going to be unreal. Part of our consecration to Mary is that we don't want to be afraid to open up to Mary and tell her everything that's going on in our lives. That's part of our consecration to Mary. Tell her your joys. Tell her your sorrows. Tell her your successes. Tell her your failures. Tell her your dreams. Tell her your aspirations. Tell her the sorrows and the thorns that are embedded in the depths of your heart. And then like Blessed Herman, the cripple, like the juggler of Notre Dame, you'll be able to say with a total confidence in Mary, Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To you do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To, you do we, to, to thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, your eyes of mercy towards us. And after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of your womb. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, The Lord be with you. With the intercession of Mary and St. Joseph and God's angels and saints, may God bless you with peace and joy and trust in Mary, long life and eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you and have a great week.
This is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love.